Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 337. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful Annie Landers, who is the VP of Junior Achievements of Arizona. We had such a wonderful conversation, and just for a nonprofit to exist like this is just really incredible. It's local, it's uh, for kids, it's hoping that it'll help your little achievers grow and hopefully educate them on the series of business and all other backgrounds. So go check it out and go check out their links always attached to every episode of guests who come in through our doors. And if you want to go to our website, findingarizonapodcast.com, with every web web episode that comes up on our show, you will see links that are attached to them. Also on top of that, if you want to go to our newsletter, that is a little bit more of the official side of what's going on. And the blog is a little bit more of the personal touch. We have a new vlog episode available called Keeping Up With the Acevedos. Brittany worked very hard on that episode. I encourage you guys to go check it out. Next up, if you want to send us a line at podcast at gmail.com, that'll let us know what events that are local that you want to promote. That'd be so great. And we call that our Finding Arizona's finds uh, and top finds, sorry. And I hope that you guys are encouraged to go and connect with us more like this because it's so much fun for me to read those out. So again, podcast at gmail.com. I will see you guys in the next episode this will conclude our little intro and as such we will always catch you on the next one hey guys it's jose i hope you guys are enjoying the podcast have you been like me been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated you had it up to hear from your wife well i got a place for you happybeespestcontrol.com They are the number one, first and only pollinator friendly pest control company in Arizona. And I wanna give you a chance to save $25 by going over to Happy Bees Pest Control slash Finding AZ, or just give them a call 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control, rodent control, mosquitoes, and bed bugs. Tell them Finding AZ sent you and get your discount today. This podcast episode is sponsored by the No Global Membership. Get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know. Link to join the Global Membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. One. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in someone very special, and today is no different, ladies and gentlemen. For the last seven years, Annie here has been a, a VP for Junior Achievement of Arizona, and she is coming to us to tell us a little bit what's going on with the Junior Achievement of, of Arizona today. And so we want to say thank you for coming aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Annie! Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that we want to get into with you today. One of the things that we're going to get into is just kind of like the certain changes and and kind of the online programming and things like that. But I would like to kind of get um, a question out because we have this as a standard question now. It's just kind of like, how has the pandemic, uh, you know, how has that treated you guys? What was the history? Like, what did you guys do first? And then give us a little bit of that history and then um, kind of give us where you guys are at today. Yeah. So Junior Achievement of Arizona has been around for about 65 years. So going into the pandemic, we have a long legacy of serving students in you know, schools across the state. Yeah. And 
almost 100% of that programming was in-person programming. So as mm-hmm. you can imagine, literally overnight on March 13th, our programming went from thousands and thousands of students to zero. Yeah, We had to figure out overnight how we were going to deliver it digitally, much yeah. like the rest of the world. Thankfully, we were already from a text standpoint, but none of our partners and none of our educators were ready for any of this, right? So I'm very, very proud that despite how hard the pandemic has been in many, many ways, it actually was the disruption that was needed for JA to evolve and to overhaul what we're doing today. And we are so much better positioned to serve students wherever and however they're learning. And as a result, we expanded our service area, we expanded our offerings. And frankly, we just finished the school year and we found that we served 108,000 students across the state last year. That's a big number. And on top of that, you guys, the beautiful thing about it is, I think that you put it out there was, you took time for yourselves to really understand your impact and understand what you bring to the table. Um, your 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 nonprofit here is just something that it's beautiful. And to really, I think, put it into perspective as a collective here of all the stories that we've kind of pulled together. And the one thing that we keep pulling out is kind of that understanding of the silver lining and that each business, each, you know, category has been affected by the the pandemic but i think from my perspective and what i've been learning from you know all all the stories that we've gathered here is just you know the the time that it took to just sit there that week and a half, almost a month week to a month however long it took that first beginning of like oh man what are we going to do what do we bring to the table what what can we do to help already this clientele or whatever our customer basis is and truly help the community at large here because we have to pivot we have to do something different and so to me one of the best things is that yes you were able to look inward to look at yourselves and to say these are the things that we bring and this is the things that we can help uh push forward and evolve with and so beautiful and kudos to to ja over there um but again, I would love to understand from your own perspective, uh, just from yourself, like what was the kind of catalyst for you to understand that like this is going to work? This is these these different pieces are going to help us. Like what was the story that made you say, OK, we're going to be all right. This is going to be something that we can manage and work through. Mm. I think for all of our team, I feel confidently speaking on behalf of them. When we were sending out emails, letting people know that that this was taking place and that we were going to have to pause. The reality is that we all knew in our hearts that it wasn't a question of if it was a question of how, because instantly our programs were needed more than they've ever been. Instantly, education was harder for teachers who are already burdened. Instantly, people and families were going to be struggling with things they never experienced before. And if we're not preparing kids to be able to withstand the crises and the different obstacles they're going to face, then we're not helping the future be able to navigate whatever the next pandemic is. It might not be a pandemic, but a a mass crisis, right? We we knew that it was a question. It wasn't a question. It was just figuring out how we were going to do it. And so I have never been prouder than our team. I will say that we've also probably, none of us have worked harder in our life than we've 
worked in the last couple of years. And it was really a beautiful time of innovation of saying, let's just figure it out. Let's test. And now we have this offerings where it's both in person again, thankfully Mm -hmm. it's digital. It's a whole suite of new programming that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And so now our charge is even stronger. It's a matter of, we have the means to reach every student in Arizona. While we're proud to reach 108,000 of them, that means there's still a million who aren't getting our programs every year. And what are we going to do as a community to come alongside those teachers, those students, those administrators, and bring those businesses into that fiber so that students are having a better long-term impact? Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate you giving us kind of this, you know, really brief history of what has been going on in the last, you know, basically two and a half to three years with you guys. And we kind of glossed over what the last 60 years of JA is and what they what they bring to Arizona. Can you give us kind of just an overall um, goal and what you guys do over at JA and what it means to be a part of your your group and your nonprofit? Yeah. So about a hundred years ago, a little more than that, Junior Achievement started on the East Coast. It started as an after-school program where members of the business community would come in and essentially mentor groups of students, high school students, to help them get a business launched. Yeah. Think making birdhouses, selling t-shirts, selling some kind of good or service to the community. And over those initial years, it became apparent that this needed to expand beyond these core groups of students running businesses. And so it was integrated into the classroom at the high school level. From pretty much the 70s on, it integrated from the high school level all the way down to the elementary school level. And as it came to Arizona, it became something that was integrated into the entire K-12 system. So we're teaching kids at all levels of that continuum. We're teaching them how to manage their money, how to succeed in their future careers, and how to think entrepreneurially. Underneath that, one of the things that's really important is that we're also teaching them to think critically because you can't succeed in any of those areas if you don't have the ability to think critically. Yeah. So imagine at the kindergarten level, we're helping them differentiate between things like needs versus wants. Do you really need that chocolate? Do you really need a cat? Do you really need a pet of any kind? Or is that a want? What do wants look like? What do needs look like? And then it really scaffolds up at age-appropriate curriculum as they get older. So you can imagine in the later high school years, it's really about preparedness. Mm -hmm. It's more intricate money management lessons, things like the stock market and investing and what opportunities are, what are some of those obstacles. Mm -hmm. And all along that, we're helping expose them to potential careers that they might not have otherwise known about. And then the magic of JA programs is that we bring thousands of volunteers like you into these classrooms across the state. And they're able to see, oh, if Jose can do that, do you think I could do that? Maybe that's something I could do. So we're giving them the skills and knowledge that they need Mm -hmm. to succeed. We're also allowing them to see what's possible and inspiring them. And we believe those things combined are what are going to make the difference in their future long term. Absolutely. I think that that's, you know, we've all had kind of like a career day in our schools and, and just kind of the inspirational moments that come from those, those little uh, events. Uh, and I think that that's beautiful. I think as we've, as we've evolved and as we've seen the criteria criteria of education evolve, we started to notice this implement 
of um, yeah, like this this course based implement of uh, critical thinking and entrepreneurial based thinking. And one of the things that I find interesting, and it's kind of like, um, and it's it's just kind of my perspective is just being that I, I have been um, college educated and just kind of gone out on my own and just seen certain things. But in Europe, they have this kind of apprenticeship uh, level of thinking where it's like these high, you know, things like carpenters and these very skill-based levels where they take on apprenticeships and apprentices. And it, it, sort of, it sort of kind of feels that way where we're leaning towards that element or leaning towards that that education base of like, here are these skill sets that you can kind of see turn into a job. Do you feel the same way? And how are the differences from this kind of this type of education versus, say, a European apprenticeship-based uh, mm -hmm. education? I feel like that's another silver lining that's come out of the pandemic is that there was already the importance and the emphasis on career readiness, you mm -hmm. know, internationally, nationally, and especially here in Arizona. Yeah. However, I feel the momentum, the weight, the movement in terms of further emphasizing it and making sure that we're giving all students these work-based learning experiences, kind of what you're talking about, like a job shadow or yeah. what are things that lead to apprenticeships. I also think that there's a huge, huge push for the transferable skills, right? That, that will matter and that will help them succeed regardless of what they do. Yeah. So one of the things that we're very keen on is making sure that we're helping students see all the different different pathways they can navigate. They can understand the value and the importance of higher education through community college or four-year universities. They can also understand what kind of lifestyle they can have and what kind of um, living if they were to pursue an apprenticeship. And they were, yes. you know, I was talking to some plumbers recently and many of them can start a job after their apprenticeship. They can get paid to apprentice and then they can start making significantly more than I ever made in my first job mm -hmm. out of college. Yeah. So it's important. I think the key is helping expose them, helping mm -hmm. let students see what really is possible, those different avenues, yeah. and let them align to their interests or let them align to the things that that really connect with them. Maybe it's culturally even. Maybe mm -hmm. there's things that they might not hear about otherwise given the community they grow up in or perhaps what their family experience has always been. Yeah. Or maybe they're a rural, you know, student population and they don't know what's available to them, even in their own backyard. Mm -hmm. Or if they were to move to a metro area, we're not in the business of exporting kids out of rural communities, but we want yeah. to help them see what all is available to them. Absolutely. And I think that going back to your comment about the apprenticeships, I think you're going to continue to see much, much more work based learning. One of the things we're actually looking at launching here in Arizona is what I would consider a new school model. Mm -hmm. So not just a program, but overhauling the instructional model so that students are working on five to six real business, local and national projects all year through the school year. And they're essentially building their resume. They're essentially getting a taste for what it is to work in these different fields and everything they're learning academically. So all the math ties back to those projects, all of their science or their English, you know, English language learning, it's all tying back to these projects. So giving them some relevancy and some engagement and connecting the dots to their future. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that. And for me, it's just, again, um, as someone who's a community member and a father and just someone, I just really enjoy the, the, the ability to cater to 
kind of this almost um Montessori like you know learning what you are most interested in because again we're not all just one you know ones and zeros and we all just can't just find something that's just like yeah I you might be more interested in math and I might be more interested in science and it's just kind of let's let them find mm. their way and and really uh I think that's just what you the thing that I've taken away most is you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. So that's, again, mm. that's one of those things that's like, if we have everyone loving what they do, loving what they do because they found it on their own, then mm. there shouldn't, there should be happiness all throughout those different skill sets. Um, here's a, here's another question for you because we are getting into more of the minutia of what you guys bring to the table. Um, I know from just kind of, you know, glossary, um, research is that you guys have really two two new things going down is the virtual side uh ja virtual and then um give us a little bit of the inside of the the town the uh ja town i believe it's what it's called. yeah yeah so that's a based off what you were just saying ja biz town is a really good example of that it's a program that we have that's physically headquartered in Tempe. We have schools from across the state bring their fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. They come, at, these kids think of it as a field trip. What they're not realizing is that it's such a deep learning experience for them. And in many cases, putting them on the path to their future. Yeah. So going back to what you're saying, they, they've learned about 14 hours in the classroom from their teacher, all about the economy and community, all about the role of individuals, the role of government and civic duty. Yeah. They're learning about the role of businesses. They're actually interviewing and getting put into business units. Mm -hmm. Then they're, you know, creating their business plans. They have to think about what their sales and marketing strategies are going to be, yeah. what product, you know, how they're going to price their products. Then they come to JA BizTown. It's a full scale 12,000 foot facility that looks as much like a town as it can. Mm -hmm. The students come in after they get over the shock because they have no idea what they're in for. <laughs> they get to work and they run the town for the day. We have a mayor who kind of serves as the, as the catalyst to, mm -hmm. you know, get everybody rallied around. Every business has a CEO and a CFO, and then all the rest of the jobs are relevant to the business. So you're going to see a bank. We have Bell Bank and Alliance Bank. So we actually have two of these towns so that we can maximize impact for our students. They're taking out bank loans. They are twice during the day, they're becoming the consumers and they get paid and they have to set up their personal checking. Wow. They go around buy goods and services. But one of the things that's so telling to me is Oftentimes these kids are like, I didn't even know that job existed. What I also love is that every year, all year long, we have students who perhaps got a job as a supporting, um, you know, supporting personnel in the shop. And they look at their CEOs and they think, I could do that. And prior to that day, they truly didn't understand their own potential until they see it in action. And suddenly awesome. that student's future takes a very different shape because they see their own potential and they start stepping into that okay. reality for themselves versus limiting what their own potential might look like. And it really, it is. It's a it's a beautiful way of just showing someone that that the opportunity is there, that the skill sets are not out of your own grasp. And one of the things that I've always and the earliest I've learned this was from high school and my late years in high school was that um, I was a runner. And the one thing that we were taught and kind of motivated me was 
before a certain year, before they broke the four minute mile, every person believed that you could not run that fast. Every mm -hmm. person in the world believed you could not possibly run a mile under four minute until someone actually did it. Mm -hmm. Then it opens the floodgates to now today we have high schoolers running four minute miles and it's just that little belief that yeah. little bit of you know belief in having someone show you that it is possible just yeah. opens the door it, it allows for so much to 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 be seen and to be done and so what you guys are bringing that what you guys are doing on a daily or whatever it, it, it that town does is it allows that opportunity for that catalyst, like that view into the world of like, yes, I can. Yes, I have the ability. Yes, I have the skill set. And it just really, it means a lot to, to so many kids because, you know, I, I'm one of them. Um, I hope that, you know, there are more like me that can just say to themselves, I can do it. I can make this happen. I can, I can break away from the struggles of my own world because I have this opportunity. I know that I have the skill set that I, I can see it. I can yeah. visualize it. I can breathe it. It is possible. So I just, it just takes that little bit. It just takes that little bit. And so yeah. I, I really do really think from my own sake and from my own viewing of the video that you guys provide on your website, I think it's a very cool place to for every student to go check out and for every teacher, if they can, to take their class and really put themselves in the forefront of like, okay, have I been teaching my students through this opportunity here? Like, the, you know, this, I think it's so cool that you guys do this and it's such a cool little town. It's just a moving town, just like a, a yeah. It's living, town. breathing every yeah. day. So we have students in there almost every school day out of this out of the school year. Okay. And for the first time in a very long time, we actually ran BizTown this summer for nice. some some programs. We have a very deep interest and in, um, strategic uh, charge mm -hmm. that we want to make sure we're reaching the students who need us the most. Yeah. We serve primarily low income students, mm -hmm. and we also are really intentional about making sure that we are um, serving more diverse students and students who, you know, going back to that, that cultural experience, maybe students were wherever and however they're growing up in their neighborhood or in whatever their life experience has been so far that they can imagine what's possible for them and yeah. that they we can have a more equitable future. Yeah. And I think one of the cornerstones is like you said, that it is the evolution of what your business is and what the what JA is bringing to the table. And one of the things that you have started to help is diversify is the virtual and JA virtual. And can you give us a little bit of what that looks like, um, how someone could sign up for something like that and what that level of like, how much effort it was to make this come to life? Because I imagine that there is a lot of behind the scenes that you guys are doing to make this piece a cornerstone for you guys. So I tell you, the JA BizTown program itself is a huge, huge lift. It costs us almost $2 million to run that program every year for about 20 to 25,000 students. And wow. so it's a big lift. It's also amazing. When the town is running, it's vibrant, 
It's loud. It's energetic. It is just, um, it's organized chaos in the sense mm-hmm. that these kids are on a mission. They have goals, they feel purpose and they're going to get it done. Right. So it's a huge beast. And it's something that we know. I mean, I meet people every week who say that they went through a role in biz town and they mm-hmm. have gone on to work in a role that they either the one they had or mm-hmm. one that they experienced and learned about when they're there. So I think about these are fourth, fifth and sixth graders. Yeah, I had no clue what I was doing at fifth grade. At a systemic level, we have these conversations about career readiness at a high school level. Now it's starting to edge into middle school. Mm-hmm. I would make the case as with junior achievement that they're not too young at any age to start yeah. kind of shaping. I, I wouldn't even say shaping, but opening up the possibilities in their minds of yeah. what could be their future. And then they start, they get themselves on a track, of course, of the support of education partners and other organizations, but then they're one day stepping into a role that they saw in our student sized yeah. town. I can, I can open up with you now just because as long as we've been talking, I feel like I know you. So I can tell you, it's like, I didn't know planetarium was a thing mm. until I got to middle school and high school and started seeing like, like they took us on one planetarium trip and I was like, this is a place, this is a thing you can <laughs> do for work. I love like, cause my thing was at, as a kid, I love um, just looking up and looking at the stars and, and just really just enjoying the nighttime. And, and so that was something that stargazing was for me was just something I was like, Oh, I can do that. I like, this is a cool job that I could yeah. have. And I was so like the first time I was like, how do I do this? How do I become, um, you know, someone who does this for a living? So it's like, yeah, like those, I wish that there were more opportunities to like, Hey, you want to, do you want to become a planetary, like a planetarium host? This is what you would, you know, we'll give you a day or we'll get, you know, you will send you out to someone who does it and you can interview them, something, just anything sure. that would have been yeah. so much fun. And, and so to me, it's like, to have this town that's living, living and breathing and, and you can kind of like see some of the the intentionality of the jobs there too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so beautiful. On a side note, I bet you if you could get if you could get in a camera in there, I know it's just like, we, we could never get away with recording children, but it's like, I imagine like every single day is like a, an episode of the office that you could just like, like if you were just a fly every on the wall. Day. Every day. Cool. I was giving a tour a couple of years ago in the middle of the day and some uh, young, young woman, she young, you know, a girl, she runs up to our group and she's, she just instantly says, yes, I'm back in business. And it took me a second. And I realized she just got her second paycheck. She blew through her first one. She got her second one. And you better believe she's going to be much more <laughs> scrutinizing about how those dollars are spent this time. Exactly. Their exactly. characters, they stress out. These CEOs work so hard. They are worried. Uh, they're, they try not to take breaks. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because there's learn, real learning opp- opportunities. Yeah. Of Burnout. You want like, to have that balance. You. Yeah. The option is not to not take your breaks. The option is to make sure your team is empowered to be able to carry the load while you're out. And we could go on and on, but these learning experiences are, I sincerely believe, future and life-changing for these kids. And then we have programs that are for the middle and high school students. So hopefully that's not their only experience. Mm -hmm. Many of those elementary school or or early middle school students have gotten our in-classroom programming and had volunteers like yourself. And then as we scale up, we talk about that exposure. We have a program that we launched that's digital. 
-hmm. launched it in the pandemic. It's called JA Inspire. Yeah. And it is a soup to nuts career readiness program that can go into classrooms. It can go directly into homes where we partner with other youth organizations like boys and girls clubs. Mm-hmm. There's a variety of methods that students can engage in this and they can do self-guided or directed lessons to basically start to understand what are their interests? What are their strengths? Yeah. What are some of the skills that they need? How can one of the things we do behind, they don't know this, but one of the things the curriculum does is help build their socio-emotional learning and their skill set so that they mm-hmm. can be resilient or they can be mindful and they can handle the load of stress or pressure. And then they come onto our platform, our virtual platform, and they get to engage with hundreds of Arizona businesses, real businesses, big and small, that they can um, you know, learn what it's like to work for those companies, what kind of mm-hmm. jobs are available. Yeah. You know, for example, when you think of insurance, all of our high schoolers are probably thinking about people who sell insurance, right? Or the yeah. people claims people. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is there's tons of tech jobs, there's tons of data analyst jobs, mm-hmm. and what that what that data is doing to inform so many other industries and so oh, many absolutely. other aspects of our life. Security, we could go on and on too. Yeah. But these high school students now have a means to be able to connect with hundreds of employers in Arizona and think about in middle school as well. Think about where are we headed? What what opportunities are there for me? And what's that pathway? Is it trade apprenticeship or is it a community college or is it four-year degree? How do I get there? Mm-hmm. And what do I have to do? Yeah. I mean, I just, again, this is something that's like, you know, you try and compare it to other things and just kind of mm-hmm. like really, in an, in, and I look at it in the terms of things that I know. So I'm looking at it in terms of like basketball and hockey and you know kind of the it goes both ways where the kids are looking a a way to get into the door and also it's a vice versa i mean if you really look at it in a sense of your um the ceo of a company wouldn't you want your fair pick of the best of the best and the those who are interested in wanting to work for your company as well i mean this is your opportunity you know if you work with I would imagine if you work in the realms of with you guys and Jay, and you could kind of see yourself, you know, having an influx of very mo- highly motivated, young, useful workers that are mm-hmm. already interested in your business and already have a sense of community with your um, employees. Because like, let's say if they chose the route of apprenticeship, that allows for that opportunity to, you know, uh, back and forth. And so, I think that this works on both levels, yeah. both the the student level and the owners and entrepreneurs and businesses alike. So it goes both ways. I think uh, it's a really cool opportunity and I only see the best for what JA offers. And I, I really do hope that uh, you yourself are having a fun time. I would love to get a little bit more insight into your day-to-day, kind of your week-to-week. What is you, do you, because you have an insight on how these, how these students kind of um, take all of these events and all of these things in. So you're collecting data and you're kind of interviewing, you're kind of overall hoping the the positivity is just staying in a, in a mm-hmm. inward uh, upward climb. What are the things that you try to keep in your day-to-day, you know, week to week? Do you, are you doing meetings? What, what does it look like for you? Yeah. In my role, it's going to look very different at all times, right? Mm -hmm. So what I look at is where we are today. 
where we want to be in five to 10 years. And by that, I mean, what are going to be the needs of students? What are going to be the needs of businesses? To your point, we're going to have a shortage of thousands, hundreds of thousands of of employees in many, many industries in the coming years. So we're looking at if if partners come on and they have booths on our J Inspire platform, they have built in exposure to seventy five thousand students in Arizona every year. Yeah. So I, I joke that HR departments will spend a bunch of money going to career fairs. Well, pay a thousand dollars to cover our cost to get your booth on there, and you have built in exposure and building affinity with this future workforce. Yeah. But that's what I look at is the workforce needs. What are yeah. our companies saying? Where are their shortfalls there? And where can JA continue to fill that gap? Because I would make the case, there's nobody else in Arizona better positioned to be that connective link between mm-hmm. that future workforce, all those employers and the students today and how we better position that. So yeah. that also includes for me, lots and lots of conversations with stakeholders and lots mm-hmm. of different aspects across the state. Um, even at the Arizona Department of Education level, we've had we've hosted conversations with the governor's office. We have conversations with key business influencers and organizations. It's partnering with the districts and saying, where are you today in mm-hmm. your financial literacy and career readiness and entrepreneurship programming? Yeah. Where do we need to be? And how can we help be that for you so that we can take the lift for educators? Yeah. So a lot Lots and lots of meetings, which is fun and keeps me invigorated every day. I also get the added benefit of working on internal workings, right? Where is that? Where do we need to be? And what operations, what systems, what does staffing look like? I get to work in tandem with our president all the time to be able to help shape that. So J.A. Inspire is an example of two years ago, it didn't exist. We have such robust support behind that. We have sought grants and you know sustainability models for it. Yeah. We have onboarded a team of four and hiring more so that we can serve 75,000 students who weren't getting this type of programming just two years ago. Yeah, I think uh, that's, I mean, incredible work that you guys have put through already and just kind of like, I am so impressed on the just overall scope of where you guys are going. One of the things that always catches my eye and just kind of the min- just the little minutia and just kind of like little things here and there that always just really it just it's like an earworm. Like so one of the things that you just kind of said was there's a gap. There is going to be a gap. We can't we can't. The pandemic has caused that gap. And one of the things that I've kind of particularly took sod in, it was like that education level of like, wow, a lot of students are are going to either miss out or just, you know, have this lack of whether it's interpersonal skills because they just missed out on having um, daily classes with one another, or it's some kind of reading, writing, you know, uh, skill, like those skill bases, because again, you're at home. One of the things that I found very interesting was the lack of internet connectivity that Mm. I didn't know was such a, rampant you know rampant throughout arizona yeah that is something that we should address or so at least kind of highlight in the scope of like as things evolve but you know that those types of things it's like so many levels to it where it's like there's this gap how do we how do we close it and Mm -hmm. it's forever going to be a little bit bigger because of the pandemic but it's like where are your hopes like where are your like positive feelings coming from when you Mm. understand and see that 
You know, one of the things that I've seen in the last couple of years, and especially the last year, is a much stronger and more authentic spirit of collaboration. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I am I don't have the expectation that we're going to solve the digital divide Mm -hmm. at Junior Achievement. I don't have the expectation that we're going to increase on our own, the math and reading scores for third graders or eighth graders or things along those lines. That's not where we're best, we're best used. However, we support all of those things in a variety of ways. When kids better understand the importance of math and and reading, then they're going to be more engaged in that. And so the spirit of collaboration, I see it it, with us specifically, Mm -hmm. I see many, many organizations we've come together and said, let's do it better together Mm -hmm. rather than almost compete with one another to for the same goal with students. And so we actually forged a coalition, the Arizona Coalition for Career Readiness, with several other peer groups that are doing similar work. So we're trying to say, hey, districts, we don't need to tell you 10 different groups doing similar things, but you can't differentiate what the value is. We want to help you streamline that, provide comprehensive education, um, reduce the lift for your teachers, mm-hmm. and increase the impact for your students. So yeah. collaboration, I think, is key. And I think we're seeing it more and more and more. In mm-hmm. fact, I would hope that it's not going to go away. I think yeah. that world has changed. And the fact that we all figure out how to collaborate more and we can tie it together is going to make it easier to transcend the classrooms and yeah. and help support teachers and impact students. I think you're absolutely right. There's something that I find very beautiful about this state. And I don't know if you've kind of experienced it yourself, but it's just something along the lines that I've picked up from every single business owner is the idea of community over competition. And Mm. I I think Arizona and Phoenix uh, in particular, we do that very well. And that's something that kind of bleeds through um, through especially those who are snowbirds or some people from the Midwest coming mm-hmm. and moving here and realizing like Arizona is really unique and very special. We try our best to really bring out that collaboration. And I particularly have a fondness for it because again, we we live it day in and day out. You know, yeah. we, we try our best to bring in as many people as we can. And that is something that I want to continue forward. And if I can really um, advocate for that, it's just community over competition is something important to the state and to the city in general. And we we have to continue it forward to make us yeah. different, to make us better and more unique than any other city out there. And uh, I, I really do appreciate your time, all the all of that you've given us today i do have one last question um sure. actually two one is can you give us a little bit of what you keep in your own day-to-day like do you meditate do you go to the gym is there anything that you like to do day-to-day that keeps you balanced you know just from work life yeah so i have two boys that keep me busy i have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old And as much as, you know, parenting sometimes is another lift, Mm -hmm. having some intentionality with them and really checking into doing something that I might not typically do has allowed me to be a little bit more mindful. So for instance, they formed a drawing club this week. Really, it's them drawing in the room together. Yeah, I do not draw and I'm I consider myself highly creative, but drawing is not a skill set of mine. Sitting down next to them and trying to draw a Pokemon has been something that allows me to 
it's vulnerable, right? And it allows me to kind of step outside myself and really just appreciate that time spent. That's just one example. Um, And I I get the added benefit of when I am feeling a little bit daunted or overwhelmed, I get to step into BizTown and I get to see it going. And I, it is so charging. The second you walk in there and you get to see that real impact in action and see those light bulbs and the energy, it just gives you everything you need to get through the rest of the day. And then some. Absolutely. I imagine a hundred times over, if you're having a bad day, just that, that is one piece. Like, cause I, in my head, I'm like you, you, the way you explain it, it's like, I imagine a big old warehouse filled with kids, like Oompa Loompas just going madhouse of like, (laughs) It's a town. It's a legitimate town. Like there's one corner of like sales, one corner of like politics. It's just like, it's just one big giant. Yeah. Moving town. And so, but just like, just miniatures. Yeah, it is. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I thank you so much for that first one too, because nothing makes me happier than hearing a parent say, yes, vulnerability, intentionality with your child is so important because Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm still at the point where he's not fully talking yet, but it's just like, you never know what you're doing with, you know, you want to be the most intentional and, and, you know, purposeful about like what they do with their day to day. And so for me, I'm like, I still don't know if he's like getting enough education, getting enough, you know, play time, getting enough love time, like, you know, all of these things, but Again, I wouldn't change it for the world. It just makes me so happy that he is a part of my life. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you feel the exact same way about your kids. Yeah. It's just, again, so great. And um, thank you. And my last question is uh, goals. Give us one universe, like give us one goal that our fans, our people listening can help you achieve uh, in, in with JA. Okay, so it's simple. We served 108,000 students last school year. We're mm-hmm. already in this school year, and our goal is to serve over 150,000 students. Let's do it. We are going to grow significantly and rapidly this year, and we cannot do that without the help of the community. It yes. takes 8,000 volunteers a year to deliver our programs. So if anybody has work experience, they have life and lived experience, then we need volunteers to come and deliver our programs. We give you everything you need. We give you all the curriculum, all the lessons, even talking points, but the volunteers are the magic. And then secondarily, and I would not be doing my job if I did not say this, we need the support. I mentioned it's $2 million just to run BizTown every year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include our other 40 programs that we run in classrooms. And so there's opportunities for individuals to be able to donate their charitable tax credit and get it back dollar for dollar, Mm -hmm. up to $800 per family. So you direct your tax dollars to make an impact in kids' lives. You get it all back on your tax return. And you've made an, you know, you've changed the futures. I would also say for companies, $1,000 is nothing to get exposure to 75,000 students every year. Mm -hmm. And it's not just getting exposure to them, it's shaping their futures. And so we need, we have a goal of about 300 more booths on that platform so that kids are getting that whole vast exposure of jobs. So Mm -hmm. Come my way, companies. We need you. Just in all honesty, too, I mean, if you really think about it, it's like, you know, you may not get, you may get one student out of it, but on top of that, you get the rip, what I call the ripple effect. Yeah. You you may catch one student, but you also caught 
10 parents who are just not like just reading the board reading yep. and then you caught another three of your own employees that are like hey my kids going to school here they want to do the biz town you guys are you got three of your employees who are already like back it's like there's so much potential for the ripple effect to just yes. come out of it and maybe like another business is interested in working with you know your business because you collaborated with just so many opportunities there's so many and here's the thing 80 percent of ja alumni adults who have gone on and are in their careers mm -hmm. have actually learned about their future career through junior achievement so it's not even it's certainly not going to be that one student it's going to be tons of students exactly and then 90 percent of them say that they felt like they were able to achieve their goals and that they were influenced for their education future and things like that because of JA. So it's, yeah. for me, it's a no brainer. It's just yeah. making sure the world knows about it and yeah. helping bring in that entire community because it will take all of us to shift the future for these kids. Yeah. And, and just so you know, we are so happy to be helping you out and just allowing that voice to be heard and oh, be thrown out there. I am so very like today has filled my cup. Oh. You have no idea. And it's very, I'm very thankful to have you a part of this. And I hope to continue to have conversation with you, maybe get you on board for a second interview and tell us what's been, you know, updated and what's been going on down the road. So again, thank you so much for everything. Um, our last bit here is to let everyone know and promote, you know, JA, let everyone know where they can find you online your social medias, any events that you want to promote and uh, physical dresses, phone numbers, go take it away awesome. right now. So our website is jaaz.org and it's going to have lots of different ways for people to get engaged with us. Our handles for social media are all JA Arizona. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's pretty, pretty easy and simple. I would say anybody who is looking to see BizTown for themselves, mm -hmm. set up, you know, reach out, set up a tour. Or on November 3rd, we have our open house in Tempe. It's free. It's so fun. It's great yeah. food. Hundreds of people from the community get to come together. And we're excited for that one. Um, and reach out to me. If you need anything or have any questions, my email is A-N-N-E-L at J-A-A-Z.org. I'd love to connect. Awesome. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we end our little episode here. But before we go, we have one little bit. You can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. All of our social media handles is under Finding Arizona Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Tell us who you want in next. If you want to send us an email, that's FindingArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. And with that, as always, at the end of every episode, we say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends that are always by our side. And we say goodbye to all of you listening. Catch you on the next one.